Hi, I'm Connie Wilkes. I'm Marlene Nelson. I'm Jerry Gropp. And I'm Sherry Spute. And our last names make up the acronym WINGS. We're just four ordinary moms with extraordinary bonds. The Lord gathers us all under His wings as a hen gathers her chicks, and we hope to offer a place to gather for our friends, family, and all who wish to join us. So welcome to our podcast conversation, Under His Wings. Welcome, everyone. We're really grateful that you're joining us today, and we are very excited for this episode. We have special guests, and you know, in this episode, it's going to be very close to Mother's Day. And we just wanted to do a special episode honoring mothers. So we have invited two fantastic mothers with us. And you'll learn a little bit about them in just a moment. <laughs> no pressure. No pressure. <laughs> I would say that Mother's Day kind of gets a bad rap, wouldn't you say? Women don't want to go to church on Mother's Day for various reasons. They've maybe lost a child or it's just too painful. They can't have a child and it is too painful. They have children and feel like a failure as a mother and it's too painful. These children have made choices that go against what they've taught them, and so they feel like, you know, some sort of fraud as a mother, and it's just too painful. Yeah. Why do we even celebrate Mother's Day? <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> so so we decided to bring on two mothers that um, are amazing. They're friends of mine. I can say, so we have Susan Nelson Lyons with us today. Say hi, hello, Sue. Hello. <laughs> and we have Crystal Hershey with us today. Hello. <laughs> and Sue, she was my friend's little sister. Yes. And then Connie even dated her brother, who is Marlene's husband. Yes. <laughs> so Sue is a, an honorary Wings member. Oh, my goodness. That is an honor. <laughs> <laughs> Love Sue. And I get to work with Sue. And Crystal... Crystal Hershey, she is my new friend, and yes, I haven't known friends. her very long. Just a few weeks, she came into our orthodontic office, and I decided she had to be my friend. So. <laughs> I'm happy for that. <laughs> I told you in the last episode that I had to find a friend and drag them home with me. She's one that I found. <laughs> so um, I'm going to have you guys introduce yourself a little bit before we get into our podcast. So Sue, why don't you tell us a little bit about you and you kind of your... Short version of your mothering experience. Okay. My name is Susan, and I'm the mother of three beautiful children. I grew up here in Boise, as Jerry said. And and she's a very avid Bora Lyons fan. I am. And her last name is now Lyons. It's, so it it's was the perfect combination. It is. It is. <laughs> um, let's see. I was married uh, for 10 years and then found myself divorced with three little kids. And I was a single mom for almost seven years and then ran into an old friend that I'd grown up with and we started dating and I was, well, we didn't start dating first. I, I was thinking of who I could set him up with because I just had <laughs> never, we'd never dated. Cause he was divorced. He was divorced. Right? Yes. And he had four children. And so we just started hanging out and then. 18 months later, we were married, <laughs> and so now I have four bonus children as well, and I, we've been married for 10 years now, so really, I have seven children, yep. and they are the light of our lives, for sure. Yeah, love it. And love three it. little grandsons. Oh. Oh. That's the best. With a brand new one just last week. 
So, really? Oh, yeah. sweet. Yeah. yeah. That's the bonus for living through parenthood and not killing <laughs> it really your children. is worth it. It's, it's worth amazing. It to go it. <laughs> it's amazing. It it's is. amazing. Yeah. Thanks, Sue. And Crystal, tell us a little bit about you and your your experience. Yeah, so I grew up in St. George, Utah, um, which was idyllic, in my opinion. And then I married um, Jason Theriot. We met at college, and we moved to Las Vegas. And that's where we lived for 22 years. Well, I lived there for 22 years. Was that but as idyllic as St. George? No, not as <laughs> idyllic. But you know what? You you bloom where you're planted. Yeah. And um, I... The people there are just amazing. They're they're just amazing people. Yeah. And almost eight years ago, my husband passed away on Father's Day. Of, on Father's you know, Day. Father's Day. I yeah. Didn't know that. Yeah. Oh wow. It's going to be a hard day anyway. So yeah. <laughs> may as well have it be a good day of remembrance too. Right. Yeah. But um, it, it was in 2015, and a few days before, he had been playing church basketball and just collapsed, oh, wow. and with a like a heart um, heart attack. They're not. They were never quite sure exactly what, but he was in a coma for three days and then passed away on Father's Day. Anyway, so he, it's almost been eight years. So I was a single mom for seven years. And then last year I met a wonderful man named David Hershey and we met at a widow and widowers conference that was put on in St. George, Utah. And, um, he had lost his amazing and Christ-like wife, Rebecca Hershey to breast cancer in 2021 yeah and some of you might remember we we actually talked about her in one of our podcasts is she marlene's friend she was marlene's yes. friend okay. i mean yeah. is marlene's friend yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah so she's incredible and i i love her i mean i've never met her but i love her um vicariously through yeah. her her husband and her children and we got married in december and I have five children, and he has five children. So now we have ten, which is great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We like that she number, don't we, Jerry? I love it. I love it. I feel like my quiver is full, and it just brings me immense joy to have so many wonderful children. And I, I love his children so much. They're, they're great. They're, they're everything I could have ever hoped for in bonus children. So we have between the ages of thirteen and twenty-six. Four are married, and um, the rest are unmarried. One's on a mission in Brazil. One is going on a mission to Brazil. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah. So it's exciting. And I, I was living in St. George before I moved here. I had moved back to St. George for a couple of years ago um, during the pandemic. And then I just moved to Boise in January, right after we got married. So That's it's amazing. great to be wow. here. That's yeah. awesome. Any grandkids? That no grandkids, with the, with but I'm super ones? excited. <laughs> Whenever it happens, I will be I know. super it's thrilled. The best. It's the best thing in the world. That's the best in the world. Love it. Well, thanks, ladies. We are excited to talk to you today um, and just kind of get a different perspective on on mothers because, you know, there's so many different types of mothers out there. And, you know, I um, I thought before we when we were thinking about doing this, I thought I'd do some research on Mother's Day because I'm thinking, why would anybody make this a holiday? Right? <laughs> Did they know that everyone's going to be crying on that day? <laughs> You know, it's going to be a day full of tears and <laughs> staying home from church because it's. So I have hard. to say, I never actually felt that way until my mom said that's how she felt, and I took on that. Then you're like, I, yeah, because oh, should I feel that? Way? I know. I always felt well because my I don't know. I liked breakfast in bed, and I Me liked too. little kisses, and 
you know, it never I, lasted long enough Mother's I Day know. for me. But I think as I got older, I could see my mom's perspective and began to have some of that, you know, insecurity about motherhood. I think that's what, you know, it's is, is challenging. It? And you know? it's not everybody. It is a beautiful holiday. We love it. And and so I, I did some research and found that I found the roots kind of interesting. Um, it started out... Well, actually, from the time of the Greeks, they they honored motherhood, and um, there were different versions of it throughout history. But in America, the tradition was actually founded about the time of the Civil War, and there was a lady named Anne Reeves Jarvis, and she wanted to have this special day to honor mothers for all their sacrifices for their children. But what was so interesting to me is that Anne was never married, and she never had any children of her own. Wow. That's amazing. Isn't that kind of interesting? Mm -hmm. Her purpose was to honor mothers. She wasn't thinking about the fact that she wasn't a mother, but that she had a mother. You know, she first started these Mother's Day work clubs to teach parents how to take care of their children. And then these clubs helped to build unity among the Confederate and Union soldiers at the time. Okay. Uh, The war, you know, our country was war torn. So. She then lobbied for several years to get Mother's Day as an official holiday. So 1914, it was finally put on the calendar as an official holiday. Wow. So do you think anything would change if we thought of Anne, an unmarried, childless woman who just wanted to honor her own mother as well as the sacrifices of other mothers? I would think different. Yeah. Yeah, knowing that just makes it even more sacred, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah That's kind of how agree. I feel. So ladies, let's let's talk about you. You were you were single moms. So tell us a little bit about that. And let's start with Sue because your single mother experience was completely different. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. she's trying to help her children through grief. Right. Now there's grief in divorce right. too. So Sue, talk about Talk about that, how you helped your children through this process of divorce. And they were probably pretty little. They were little. Um, let's see. They were two, five, and eight. Okay. So my little. oldest was just, just uh, as before she was even um, baptized. One of the things that we were living out of the country right before we ended up getting divorced, and I knew I was coming home back to Boise and would need to work. Mm. and I didn't have my degree. I had studied, and and then we ended up getting pregnant, and and I just wanted to be a mom, and and so that was my goal in life, right, to be like my mom and and just raise my family. I, just a couple days before I left Japan, we were in Japan coming home, and I I was just not sure what was going to happen. This lady sat across from me at a award dinner, and she said, oh, I'm so sad you're leaving. I, I hear you're leaving. And I said, yeah. And she said, what are you going to do? And I, I said, I'm just moving home to Boise. And she said, oh, are you going to work? And I said, yeah, I'm going to need to, you know. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to mm-hmm. have to now. And she said, well, I just decided this week to open a home decor store in Boise. What? And I said, Oh, I know so many people. Like, <laughs> yeah. I can connect you with people, you know? Yeah. And she's like, I want you to run it. I want you to open it and run it. And I said, oh, my goodness, I 
have never done anything like that. I don't know what I would, you know, how to even do that. <laughs> and she's like, you can do it. She goes, I can just tell. And I had oh, met her, I think gosh. once at church and then again this night. So I left a few days later with a job. Oh, wow. wow. Which was just literally right. a, a tender mercy from the Lord, like right in my lap as I came home. That's beautiful. It was beautiful. And it was such a fun job. And I was able to leave my kids with my parents just a mile away from this little store. And it was just therapeutic in so many ways. And I made really good dear friends. And my boss who hired me is still just one of my dear friends. And I just feel like Heavenly Father just gave me that blessing right at the beginning of that. I wasn't quite divorced yet. Right. But that gave me some... No, I could, because I hadn't had a career or a degree, degree, you know, I wasn't sure how to support my family. And have you ever looked at it as a tender mercy for your children too? Mm. Because can you see the stress level was lowered as you went into this transition stage? They were able to stay with your parents. You knew immediately you had a job. The str- you know what I mean? Can you see how yeah. that not only was a tender blessing for you, but the Lord was also helping that cushion. Those kids. Those kids. So that they didn't have to, I didn't have to go to daycare. And a lot of mothers, mm-hmm. a lot of single mothers have to do that. And that right. is excruciating. I mean, I, that was something that I worried about. I knew they were happy, right. which right. was, you know, my goal. Which and was- so I could go and do what I needed to do. And so it, was just an incredible blessing right off the bat that that led me to see that I was known to my heavenly father, right? you know, and that he had me, he would take care of me. That's beautiful. And, and what a beautiful thing to, to have somebody have faith in you to have a gift like that they needed Mm -hmm. and, and to see something in you. Because I think sometimes as mothers, we get in this, Thing that I have nothing to give. I, I mean, motherhood is the greatest job, the, the most difficult job, the most important job, but it can also make us feel like we don't know how to do anything else. Yeah. That's cool that somebody yeah. was able to see that in you. I think that creative job that you got, you just said was therapeutic in many ways because we are creative as mothers and women. And I mean, there's just so many tender mercies as you get thinking about that job, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. that experience, that move, that adjustment, that blessing that continues to come so that you could become more and more secure as an individual, yeah. as a single mom, as a provider now, as a nurturer, it just goes, mm-hmm. you know, I think that's a, a huge thing to realize the Lord has got us. He knows us. He knows the importance of us as mothers. So, so do you think that, how do you feel like the Lord helped you as now a single mother working full time, raising children still with that, you know, I've got to teach my children the commandments and the gospel. And like, how did you feel like the Lord helped you be able to do that and accomplish that? Wow. Well, I remember, um, thinking after my divorce and and even through hard times since then i've i've thought of this moment where i remembered standing at my brother's mission farewell at the pulpit 
and I was 16, and my sister and I were singing a song. And I remember just singing with all my <laughs> hope and joy and, you know, love and, and innocence, right? And I was wishing, this is after my divorce, I was wishing I could go back and stand next to that 16-year-old Susan and just put my arm around her and squeeze her and just say, this is an extra dose of hope and love and strength because you don't even know what's ahead and you're going to need it. Mm -hmm. And as I was thinking about in that moment, I had the strongest impression that the Savior had stood beside me and does continuously puts his arm around me and each of us mm-hmm. gives us that little squeeze even when we feel like we don't deserve it or we've messed up or we failed or something he's right there giving us that extra hope and extra strength and love and i think i didn't feel like i had mastered much in motherhood (laughs) before I had to do it on my own and their father has always been very loving and they have a good relationship and he's respectful towards me so it wasn't a a messy situation that's great you know I'm so grateful for that but it was my own home you know and and so I I would pray at night heavenly father make up the difference where I didn't do all that I could have or should have you know a lot of times I would come home and and just not even do dishes or anything. I, I had a joke with some of my friends about how, like, my table just had, like, little piles of things, you know, that I was going to get to. You? It's, still? No, I know. I know I'm still working on things. But I just wanted to be with my kids. And so, because that time that was really precious, you know. Yeah. And so people stepped in to help me in ways that, I mean, one of my friends husband pushed his lawnmower down the street to come and mow my lawn Mm. as a single mom and I found out later that my now father-in-law had come and shoveled my walk and my driveway when it was snowing and I didn't even know and one time you know somebody had left us $500 bills under my mat at Christmas time like just little tiny tender mercies that showed that Heavenly Father was with me. And so I just felt you just never felt alone. Oh, that's beautiful. So Crystal, yes. my same question to you. And your experience was a lot different. So tell us about that experience, all of a sudden, shockingly becoming a single parent. Yeah. I, listening to Sue's experience, I'm like, they're different, but they're very similar too. Um, in many ways, I had so many earthly angels that helped me. I had a had someone that came in and cleaned my house while I was at work, um, twice a week. I don't even, I don't even know who it was. Oh someone just gosh. gave them the code to my garage and came in. So when I I when my husband passed away, my kids were ages um, three, seven, ten, thirteen, and fifteen. And and I so I still had one that was at home, and I went back to work full time. And I I I feel the same as you, like the Lord knew what was coming almost and prepared like laid the groundwork years in advance like I had um helped start a charter school in Las Vegas and I'd been the school board chair for a number of years and then my son needed braces and 
we said, well, you know, maybe you should step off the board and see if you can get a job part-time at least with a management company and help pay for the braces. And I kind of was resistant. And this was about six months before my husband passed away. And then I said, okay, you're, you know, you're right. I can do this. So I had been working, um, about five months before that part-time from home. And then when he passed away, they took me full time, which was just this immense blessing for me to be able to have a job like built in and yeah. Um, oh, and yeah. they're, they're just incredible. They're, they're like family to me. I love them so much. It was hard. I, I quit my job when I got remarried and moved up here. It was so hard doing that because I loved that my work family so much. Yeah. That's how I feel. Yeah. My work family. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, I remember those first few days of just what am I going to do now? <laughs> this was not my life plan. I had lots of other plans. (laughs) This did not fit into it. Like being a a single mom at 38, um, with five kids, kids was not the plan. Um, but I, I had a wonderful mom growing up as I'm sure you all did too. And my mom was like super mom. She probably, she she probably had super capes in her closet. (laughs) She's just amazing. And so I look back on watching her as I was growing up and all the things that she did. She was independent and, and, it, it just felt to me like she knew how to do everything. And so because she was so independent and, and she and my dad were married, but she's still an independent woman. I felt very empowered by that. Like, okay, I can do this. And I'd, nice. I'd seen her do scripture study and family prayer and, um, and things around the house and, and work and all, all those things and nurture. And so I thought, you know, my mom was a great example. I can, I can do this. Like, it's going to be hard <laughs> and I'm not happy about it, <laughs> but I can do it. Sometimes you know, Heavenly Father, I don't like this, I know, <laughs> but I'll do it. Um, I think we say that in a lot of, <laughs> a lot of yeah, ways. I never really said why me? Cause I just felt like, why not me? Yeah. Oh, who am I to say this can't happen to me? Um, but, I, I felt that same way too. Yeah. And I feel like I have learned so much. In fact, I was talking to my daughter this morning and I was saying, Hey, I'm going to go do this podcast. You know, what your experience, what are your experiences as a child of this? And she said, you know, mom, I hate that dad died and that we have had to, we had to go through this. Cause in a lot of ways, my older kids had to grow up really quickly and they had to take on things that kids normally don't ha- have to do. Like she helped a lot around the house and she was kind of like a second mother, but she said, I wouldn't trade those experiences and the growth that I've had for anything. It's the growth, like the personal growth. My, my husband now, David has said, I, I would never want my um, late wife, her dying to be for not like, what is it that I have to learn through this trial that is going to make me a better person because she sacrificed so much, mm-hmm. whether she had the choice or not for me to have this experience. So what growth is it that I need? Oh, that's a beautiful thought. Wow. Yeah. And and that's almost sometimes a choice to not become bitter. Oh yeah. You know, because you easily could. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that God knows our capacity mm-hmm. and we have so much more capacity than we think we do. 
you know. And now years, I'm thinking about how years down the road now you are looking back and seeing how the Lord orchestrated certain things in your For life sure. because he knew what was coming. For sure. Yeah. And that, and that's a beautiful thought. He knows. He knows what's around the corner for each of us. Yeah. yeah. So along with parenting, I think in my experience, uh, losing a parent is hard at any age. But I think it is maybe doubly hard when you're in your teenage years. Oh, it's got to be. And my oldest, he the second year, he had a lot of suicidal thoughts. And it was really hard. And I didn't know if I was going to get through it. I was like, Lord, okay, my husband's not here. And now my son is going through this really difficult mental crisis. And I don't, I don't know what to do. Like, what do I do? I don't have my spouse here to, to bounce ideas off on and to talk about these things. And it, it was hard. Like there were a lot of tears for a, a lot of months. And, um, I remember thinking, the, the Lord saying like, Crystal, this is my son. This is my son who you are parenting. I know the very most about him. I know the very most about you. I know the very most about all your kids. And I'm, you're not parenting alone. Mm. I'm here with you. Just like Sue said, I'm here with you, you know, that yeah. yeah. why wouldn't I go to the source that knows them the best to ask for advice and help. And that's not just a single parent thing. It's an every parent thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that well, for sure. <laughs> the Lord knows us better than anyone. And I'm not, per- I should put a disclaimer. I'm not a perfect parent by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> I don't think you have to put a disclaimer. My kids know all my faults. Um, and my bonus kids are learning those too. <laughs> but um, I think that there's just something so beautiful about being yoked to the savior and for parenting and, and asking what, what can I do? Like I'm, I'm here to help bring about your goal, which is to bring to pass the immortality and eternal life of man, which is directly correlated to parenting. So I'm here to help. Like, how can I help my children and what can I do to parent? And once I kind of that paradigm shift, Oh yeah, I've got the savior on my side. I can do this. And I had so many earthly angels too that that helped out neighbors and sister in laws and um, parents and you know everybody. Like then it was okay. I can I can get through this. It's it's tough, but I can get through it. So I was just thinking as you said that and the strength that we get knowing that we're yoked to our Savior and that Heavenly Father knows these children. Then knowing all that, you get to a real life situation. Do you have one where you can recall in maybe a conversation or an event that's happened with the child and you find yourself at the crossroads where you're like, okay, I really need your yoke to take over right now. Do you have Definitely. an experience you could share? I do. So when, so when my son was going through all of this um, and I was praying fervently, like, Heavenly Father, please help me to know what to say to him to get him through this. And it's like direct inspiration into my brain and and I wrote out this timeline like this this thing for him of look this is where you are now you can't see the future but what you're going through now is a blip it's just a blip you know you have these so many other things to look forward to 
that I felt was right. The, the Lord saying, like, reassure him, this is, he's not always going to feel like this. And it is a blip. And I think it was good for me to hear that too. This is a blip. Yeah, but I, I, rem- I remember too. going, I would sleep by his door at night because I just was so frightened for him. Mm. And there, and, and then there would be nights and I wasn't there and I would pray and say, Heavenly Father, you got to take this shift or to my late husband, oh. like, you got this. You have yeah. to. Be, I've done that lots of times. Like, hey, Jason, <laughs> you got to get the kids. No, I'm, I'm not here <laughs> oh. right now. I can't be right there. Like, you got to be protecting them or watching over them. And I, I think that the Lord does take those things. I think we know that. And yet it's just so comforting when we recall those moments. So I just really wanted to encourage us all to do that because sometimes we don't know that we're more than we think we are until we think about those moments when, you know, you have a vision or you have an opportunity to just all of a sudden give advice or find words of counsel. Parenting is so incredibly humbling. Mm -hmm. And some days I look back and I just think, what did I teach? What did I give? What, you know, parenting adults, children is is harder oh than gosh, yeah. younger yeah. children. It's it's a there's not a lot of books on that. You know? <laughs> yeah, and I wish that I had all the wisdom back then. You know that yeah. I have now. I mean, I had it's a, it's it's a a perspective that we have to continually seek. I think, and it's kind of a long game. You know, our friend Becca gave a talk in church on Sunday, and she shared a powerful thought about Alma the younger. And I mean, I've heard that story so many times, but it hit me really hard this, this week. She, you know, talked about how disobedient he was. And Alma the Younger is in, you can find his story in the Book of Mormon. Yes. Thank you. But he was just not doing the things his parents wanted him to do, right? And, and you can imagine the concern that his parents would have had for him, but he had a really powerful experience shifted things for him, you know? And I love that she pointed out that his youth and his, um, the choices he was making at the time wasn't the end of his story, Mm -hmm. you know? And sometimes our kids have to have experiences and go through things in order to have the perspective. And it can change the course of their life. You mm-hmm. know, it's as parents, I think I don't really consider myself a control person, but I really want to save my kids from pain. Right. And, right. Yeah. And so, and if they just listened to us, they would not they have so much just pain. Be so happy. Right. I know it's true. <laughs> <laughs> Mom knows best. Right. <laughs> but, but look at what then Alma, the younger was able to do with his life and what we learned from him. But if he hadn't had those earlier experiences, it maybe wouldn't have been so powerful for us, you know, right. later. Because and we learn about forgiveness and repentance yes. and redemption. Yes. yes. And and I think too, you know, Jerry, you and I have talked about this before, how um, in that same vein, you know, we want to save our kids. I want to I want to make sure everything's okay. I want to rescue them if even if it's a something super small. But our kids have a savior. Mm-hmm. And it's not us, yep. you know, and I guess I'm learning to step back and kind of pause a little bit. I'm kind of trying to practice the pause. It's kind Ooh. of one of my new mantras. 
Okay, oh, that's like I'm it. going to adopt that. Practice the pause before you say or do anything, you know, just take a, a few minutes to kind of say a little prayer to and this goes for any relationship, you know, marriage mm. or friends, family, but practice the pause and I I feel like I can better understand the situation and receive maybe that little bit of inspiration that I need. I think of Christ when he was presented with the woman caught in adultery and they bring her to him and he has that moment where he pauses and he's writing Mm -hmm. in the sand and I'm sure he's praying and he's getting inspiration and then the words out of his mouth right after that are life-changing. You know, where you say, anybody who's without sin, let him cast the first stone. What wisdom. Maybe, you know, that's where we can find that those words of wisdom if we take that moment. I just have to put this in because sometimes when I pause, I will scroll on my phone just because I am trying to figure out. So no, I don't think that works. I think the kids might think I'm ignoring them, but you know. Yeah. Hang on a minute. Oh, yes, Google. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think too with adult children, I being vulnerable with them, mm-hmm. you know, and honest and, you know, sometimes I want to have all the answers. And I want to say that perfect thing. And maybe sometimes I do without knowing it, you know. (laughs) And again, Jerry, you and I had this conversation. You sent me a video once on a little Marco Polo (laughs) talking about how God is the perfect parent. Mm -hmm. And we're not greater than God, you know. And we can look to him for even the tiny little things to say and do that will, will benefit and bless our children. You know, even through their hard trials and challenges that are going to give them confidence and experience and wisdom and empathy and compassion and all those things that we're here to learn, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that. We're cheerleaders. Moms are cheerleaders. Yes, <laughs> they are. Yeah, I am definitely Susan a fan club. Is a cheerleader. <laughs> she really is. <laughs> so is Connie. <laughs> they were well, both born cheerleaders. Oh, yes. so funny. Yes. This makes me feel even closer. <laughs> I'm definitely the fan club president of my family and my kids and my bonus kids, too. I learned so much from them, and I've, man, I just am in awe of their goodness. Can I say her stepson is in our ward and he just was the most dynamic elders corn president my husband has ever had. And he blessed our ward so much. Now he's engaged to a beautiful girl who was in our ward as well. And your daughter's in my ward as well. We are very blessed to have, have them. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, they each have as each of you and your families, they all have different strengths, but there's just so much goodness and you know what you look for and you find, right? Mm-hmm. So if we look for that good in anything, um, but especially in parenting, we'll find it. I totally agree. In fact, I, my son that's getting ready to go on a mission, he sent me this. And I thought it was like a quote by a general authority or something. And I found out <laughs> it, it was just his feelings for the day. Oh, cute. But, um, yeah. Ooh. Future general authority. <laughs> yeah, like, um, 
or like a conference talk or something. But he said, being able to truly build our relationship with Heavenly Father will help us realize our strengths and talents and ultimately bring us more happiness. We can choose our perspective and mindset on everything in life. Why not choose to be happy? Oh, and I love that. You said something and I almost said the word perspective because it is. That is such a, a really crucial word. Yeah. It is. Perspective. It is perspective. Because this is what I was thinking about last night as I was pondering this podcast. I was thinking about how as a, a new mother, I remember, you know, my little kids and I, I knew that my responsibility as a mother was to teach my children to keep the commandments, to teach my children the gospel of Jesus Christ, to teach them they had a savior. You know, that there's a scripture that says we prophesy of Christ, we teach of Christ, we testify of Christ so that our children will know to what source they may look for remission of their sins. Mm -hmm. I took that charge very seriously as a young mother. And I just knew I was going to teach them. And Connie and I and all our friends, we, we made like family home evening packets and we all shared them together and we did family home evening and, and taught and even I homeschooled. And so I was able to, I homeschooled for a while, I, but I was able to teach my kids, you know, as we were learning about history, I could teach them how the Lord's had a hand in all of those things. You know, I, I feel like I took that responsibility really seriously, but something happened as my children grew. And suddenly the words that I heard in my head were, my responsibility is to make sure they have a testimony of the Savior, Jesus Christ. My responsibility is to make sure that they want to go to church every week. My responsibility is to make sure that they are law-abiding citizens and, and honest and true. And that this is my responsibility as a mother. And suddenly I was weighed down for so many years. I was weighed down. And it was perspective, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Because suddenly it was no longer that my responsibility was to teach, but suddenly I felt that my responsibility was to make it happen and get it, get Jesus into my children. Yeah. And that is perspective, right? I had the wrong perspective for so many years that weighed me down. And so, I don't know, I just want to say... <laughs> Remember, as mothers, that's not our responsibility. Our responsibility is to teach and to love, right? Love, lots of love. Love. Lots love lots is of love. always the answer. Mm -hmm. I don't care what the situation is or who it's with. Yep. You know, when you um, when you err on the side of love, you're, you're never wrong. Right. Can I share a quote that yes. I found from Mother Teresa? We're speaking about mothers. Um, she, she said, he, meaning our Heavenly Father, he will use you to accomplish great things on the condition that you believe much more in his love than in your weakness. That is beautiful. Isn't that beautiful? Wow. Yeah. That is. And we are all human, weak. Yeah. I mean, even as an adult, I feel like... At this age, in this stage in my life, I should, like, be so much more perfect, so much more than I am in so yeah. many ways. I should, you know, and especially as my kids are a parent, or my kids are adults, um, I want them to, to 
to look at me as a source of strength, you know, and sometimes I feel like I'm weak. But if I show them unconditional love, which I feel like is one of my gifts is to be able to love um, that makes up for some of those times when I don't know or I can't, you know. I'm trying to think who it was. Um, gee, I can't remember which authority it was now that did the law of compensation. I think it was Christensen, Christopherson. Yeah, I, I, I can't I remember know. which one, but but I've always leaned on that. Like the compensatory blessings. Yes, there are like, yeah. things that happen that like I clearly am not superwoman. <laughs> so there is a lot no of no capes in your closet. There's no cape in my closet. <laughs> I have a cape that says "I'm sorry." Oh, I, that's I feel like that is a. Those are crucial words. Yeah. We can always make better something that didn't happen the way or come out the way we wanted it to say. But when we're humble enough to be able to go and do that, that in, in and of itself is a, is a trait that hopefully our children will recognize is we're all learning. It's what it's all about. I'm just going to try to do better. Yep. Yeah. Even at this age. And it's okay for our kids to know that we make mistakes and we're not perfect. I think it, it helps them actually yeah. feel like, okay, I can, I can fail and rise again. My parents did it. It's okay. Yeah. Yes. I found this cute quote by Marjorie Pay Hinckley, who was the wife to President Gordon B. Hinckley, who was our prophet um, of our church. She said, the only way to get through life is to laugh your way through it. You either have to laugh or cry. I prefer to laugh. Crying gives me a headache. <laughs> I remember. I love that. I remember hearing that. I'm like, oh my gosh, so true, so and true. Really, I'm really not a crier usually, um, as my husband can attest. But I laugh a lot. And I remember after my husband died, he was like, he was the jovial one of our relationship. He he was the fun one. He always did fun things with the kids, and um, tend to be more on the serious side. And after he died, I thought, you know, I had to cultivate this a little more, like be a little more happy. And so I've worked really hard on it so that I can laugh more than I cry. And so I do. Like, I laugh a lot more now. And yeah, and it's great. I love that you said that we can, you could cultivate that. You, you cultivated something that you saw in your husband that wasn't really necessarily, you felt a strength, but you were That's, able to just decide to make that a strength. And we can all do that. Yeah, and that's I love that. really great perspective. So my older sister passed away after an extremely difficult disease that was misdiagnosed for years. Mm -hmm. She was only 51. Oh, I know. And she'd been through some really hard things, including a divorce. But she was the very proud mother of five beautiful kids. And due to her illness, her handwriting was very shaky, but that didn't stop her from writing or even trying to write things down. She wasn't able to speak the last few months of her life, which was devastating to yeah. all of us. And I must must have been excruciating for her. Because she could, she still had all her faculties yeah, on the right. inside. It's right. kind of like a, sort of what ALS mm -hmm. does to you, right? Right, right. It was yeah. a disease called MSA, multiple system atrophy. Mm -hmm. But after her passing, my mom was going through her things and she found a notebook in which my sister had written these words, quote, never hesitate in God's leading. Wow. Wow. That is beautiful. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah. <laughs> that and is, it, it was really in her little shaky 
handwriting, you know, here she had given her children and us like this last mm-hmm. wisdom, wisdom, wisdom from you know? experience, wisdom from everything that she was probably experiencing within herself. She had to let the Lord lead yeah. everything. Yeah. 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 Isn't that's that so beautiful. beautiful. I know. Sometimes we just want to kick against the pricks though. <laughs> the, yeah. Of the Lord leading us. And, but if we would just let him lead, think of how much we would learn. <laughs> yeah. And it, we wouldn't have so many bruises maybe. Right. <laughs> right. And we could enjoy the journey. Yeah. And that's what we want people to, to do and to take away from this, right? Yeah. Enjoy the journey mm-hmm. of motherhood yeah. or of wherever you are. If you're not yet a mother, enjoy the journey of where you're at and, and helping others and loving those mothers around you. There are so many lonely mothers mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. Reach out to one. And Share your perspective change your perspective to joy and let the Lord lead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love it. I was introduced to the wholehearted parenting manifest a few months ago by my niece, Aubrey. Um, it's from the book Daring Greatly by Brene Brown. And the whole thing is so incredible. She's amazing. But she starts out saying, above all else, I want you to know that you are loved and lovable. You will learn this from my words and actions. The lessons on love are in how I treat you and how I treat myself. I want you to engage with the world from a place of worthiness. You will learn that you are worthy of love, belonging, and joy. Every time you see me practice self-compassion and embrace my own imperfections. Oh, wow. Isn't that amazing? I love that. And we'll put that in our show notes for sure. And everybody can find those at allunderhiswings.com. That was just amazing. I loved that so much. Thank you. I have really enjoyed this time with you guys. You're just so amazing. And ladies, I really, really hope you guys will come back and visit with us again. I just, I want to know all about you guys. So thank you so much for coming. Thanks, everybody for sharing your wisdom and your love and your experiences that you've had. I know that everybody's going to be richly blessed for listening, and we hope all of you out there stay safely under his wing.